0: Here we go. It is that time again, so I know you guys have been on the edge of your seats all week long waiting for this next weekly dose of Common Sense, and we're a better place to get your dose of Common Sense in Common Sense Ohio, and you can check us out at commonsenseohioshow.com if you want to check out the past episodes. You know, I was talking to the ex-checker, Jay Simons, who uh, did a nice interview with us uh, on on some... uh, uh, i'm trying to draw a total blank on the geology and some of the water spills mm-hmm. um the train wreck happened train earlier wreck. this year yeah and yeah uh, i was talking to him and he uh, finally caught up on some of the back catalog so uh you guys can too uh we're gonna have uh, jay coming soon i was gonna do it today we got some scheduling snafus so we couldn't do it but the show must go on it is 9 twenty nine twenty three. Uh, Common Sense Ohio show.com brought to you by the way by harper plus accounting had lunch or uh, f- forgive me breakfast with glenn harper uh proprietor owner partner uh accountant friend Ent-
1: entrepreneur uh, extraordinaire podcaster yeah,
0: yeah. uh i had breakfast with him yesterday and was discussing some uh, you know we're friends obviously so we were catching up on some friendship issues but also on uh, on, ta- on planning, tax planning. So those of you who bumped your personal returns until October, uh, that's around the corner, uh, me included. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know what's great about it is I was able to talk to him about the fourth quarter, what is going to happen in the fourth quarter with my business, what I need to do to make sure I don't take a huge surprise. And even if I did have a huge surprise, it wouldn't be a huge, a hugest surprise because we had the same meeting in the third quarter in the same meeting in the second quarter in the same meeting in the first quarter you get the no, you get the uh the idea here is that I am ready for whatever comes my way if my business goes uh in you know Brett you've got a business like mine probably where you know it fluctuates a little bit anybody who runs a small business yeah. struggles with this
1: yeah i was thinking about that too that i'm working with glenn with my business and it, it it definitely definitely takes a different take when you start looking at it per quarter than
0: it is per year
1: yep yep and and, I, and it feels freeing it, it just does
0: cuz you can plan better it's uh, and in, in I've, I'm down to the month actually on a lot of stuff. Once we tie up our books for the month, we'll, we'll look at it and see what do we need to do next month. But you're right, it is freeing, and I think you know anxiety is always tied to the unknown. Uh-huh. And when you don't know what's going to happen in December, and your accountant calls you up and says, "Yeah, I'll do your tax return," you just need you know some absorbent amount of money that you don't have. Right. Uh, well, what do you do then? Yeah. But if that conversation happens in March, and then again in June, and then again in October. Uh, and then again in December, you know, whatever you have to do, you, you've planned for it. You've yeah. planned for it. Yeah. So, it, was,
1: it was always frustrating when we would never know what's going to happen at the beginning of the year. You're going to get a big return or you're going to owe a lot of money. That was yeah. always frustrating to it, us. It, yep. and, and, but you can
0: solve that problem by Harper Plus Accounting, man. Exactly. It, and it, it, it is, like you said, it, it is very, very um, freeing. It creates some financial peace. Now I'm sounding like uh, Dave Ramsey, but it creates <laughs> it creates financial peace because you know what's going to happen, yeah. and you can plan for what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's really all f- smart financing is, is: just using your head a little bit and planning for the future a little bit. And it doesn't you know, have to ruin your life. But look, I'm in the speaking of Ramsey, I'm in the process of paying off some debt, and uh, I'm able to do that and keep up on my taxes and keep up on my business because I've got good partners around me. Uh, so that's enough of a of a, uh, a plug, and it's, it's it's not even a plug. It's just the truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's Harper Plus Accounting. You can check them out at harperplusaccounting.com, probably. Um, anyway, Glenn Harper. Uh, so, you know, we've been, Norm's not here today, guys, and uh, I've got a busy court schedule. Um, Brett and I are holding down the show, and we're going to give you some of the show, but I think uh, I'm going to I'm going to hit the World War II this day in history, and then I think we're going to spend a little time talking about where we've been. We're about a year in right now, Brett.
1: Yes, we are. With the conversion of Common Sense Ohio, we kind of well, I'll, I'll let you get into World War II. And we could talk about a little bit about you know, where we came from, where we came from, yeah, and,
0: and what is gonna and why we do we do what we do. And this, yeah. this is sort of like this is like one of those shows. Like you see these big shows, and this is like one where they t- sort of take a step back, let you see like the third eye or whatever it would be. Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, remember, uh, and this will be interesting too because remember the show Moonlighting. Yeah, they sort of broke that barrier where they would they would show you at times the production. Uh, people would turn and look at the camera and talk during the production uh yeah. really made it uh that was sort of groundbreaking at the time yeah and uh we're gonna do some of that here anyway so it is a 92923 in this day in World War II history and why World War II well because we like it right and, and not only do we like it I think it's a very telling time it's a very parallel time to what we're, we're facing right now there was a there was a push towards uh collectivism there was a push towards um well socialism communism, fascism all these are leftists. Uh, notions, right? Where the government's going to take over the means and control of production and fascism and communism. We're really just kissing sisters. Um, although people think that they're they're not. And, you know, the history of World War II is fascinating. We're going to talk more nuts and bolts history, but if you really want to get into it, you know, dive into the history of Marxism and how it started and how it resulted and, and how it ended up like 300 million people dead. And I think it's worthy of not forgetting that history. So, uh, with that, in 1939, Germany and the Soviet Union agreed to divide control of occupied Poland. The Germans took the west side of the Bug River, and the Soviets took everything to the east, um, which you know later turned out to be disastrous for both sides. They basically slaughtered each other when Hitler invaded Russia, Soviet Union. Uh, in 1943, believe it or not, Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf was published in the United States. I didn't know that. Really? So that didn't get published here until 1943, I presume in English. Um, yeah. so people could read Mein Kampf and realize how absurd it really was. Yes. Correct. Like uh, raving lamentator, you know, rantings yeah. of a lunatic. Yeah. Uh, and then, and what other fact they got for me here? And, and, and so I don't know why this is here, but I'm going to read it. I have not read this. I'm reading mm-hmm. it as I go. in 2002, an anti-war concert was held in, um, Pien-Münde, Germany. Of course, I need Norm to fix that for me. Uh, the town was once the home to the Nazi ballistic missile program. So, which is another mm-hmm. interesting little um, uh, take on history. Anybody seen Oppenheimer sort of uh, the the fast forward to that? We let, uh, I think an Operation Paperclip, we let a, bu- a bunch of Nazis back into the country to explore our own ballistic missile program and rocket program and sort of look the other way to the Nazis. And then this is probably relevant to, uh, if you watched what happened up in Canada, they basically stood up and applauded and gave a standing ovation to it. Nazi, yeah, like an SS, often SS Nazi, like like the believing, the believer Nazi, the ideological believer in, in, um, in Mein Kampf uh, got a standing ovation in the Canadian legislature. Awesome. Yeah. Good job. You guys. know,
1: and I can understand why And, and you bringing it to the table, but talking about World War II and I, I liken it to when's the last time we've had a world event that has affected everyone on this planet at the same time?
0: Well, COVID, maybe COVID. I guess. Yeah.
1: that's where my mind went. My, went. Yeah. my mind went. That was, not not as disastrous, of course. Of course, not. Right. it's not in relation. But how many things in our in our lifetime affect the whole world at the same time?
0: World War II did that. World War II did that. World War One did that. World War One. World War Two is really an extension of World War One. Right. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. And and you it's we just, were talking amazing. a little bit at the break or before we started here that. You know, when this, at the start of World War II, we had nothing. I mean, we, we were, Absolutely. like you said, we were training with broomsticks and, and yeah. axe handles. Uh, we didn't even have a standing military. We had nothing. We had, we had sort of entered into this notion of American isolationism. Yeah. Because, and,
1: yeah. And I guess I didn't realize that they started the age range for, uh, you know, bringing the guys in at first it was 18 to 35, and then they extended
0: it to 16 to 50. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, well, it just shows you the, the, snowflakes out there now it's like can you imagine you're a 16 year old it was a different it was a different time man people people uh this is an interesting psychological discussion not that I'm any expert in this but you know I always sort of believe that I I look back on the kids that I went to high school with some went to college some didn't Mm -hmm. uh I went off to college I did not mature nearly as quickly (laughs) as those who did not you know Uh, so I'm a very close friend we hunt together we hang out together and you know he he had his crap together because he went to work and he's very uh-huh. successful at what he's done. Um, very successful now lectures across the country on safety for um, elect- electrical linemen and uh, is is a very sought after uh, commodity for lack of a better way to put it in that arena. Um, but he immediately had to mature. You know he had to figure out car payments. He had to figure out getting housing. He got married. He had a child. He you know he, he sort of crossed all those bridges and responded in kind to the task at hand. Uh-huh. So he immediately uh, matured because he had to. So I think by delaying, by saying that our kids aren't mature enough to go handle the adversity is really, I think backwards. They are certainly mature enough to handle the adversity. They just don't have any adversity to handle.
1: We have to trust that we did our job for 16 to 18 years.
0: Yes. Yes. They'll do
1: it. All of us that go through that kid transition. I mean, Angie and I are now quasi empty nesters. Yep. You're getting close to that. Very close and the day they walk out the door you start to think did we do enough oh my god we didn't do this we didn't do this but we had to look at each other going we did fine you did we fine we did we right? did
0: fine we're, so we're, they're going to be okay the first time my 16 year old my oldest who was 16 and now my youngest who is 16 left on their own and said i'll be back you know they and they came back you know and, and you, you have to the hardest thing you can do as a parent is let your kids be exposed to risk yeah, you know that that's sort of the hardest thing that we have to do, and we—if you don't do it, though, you're not doing your kids any service whatsoever. Right. And, they, exactly. Exactly. And,
1: and I and I think that likens to how we got you know started in the late late 1940 with the World War II recruitment. I read. What did I just read last night? I, you got me into reading now about this stuff that you know when they started the recruitment process in New York, they were concerned about how it was going to go. Because World War One didn't go very well in recruiting, Civil War never went, real, went well with recruiting, and they had 900. I think the number was 900,000 recruits sign up in one day in New York. Yep. Two fights broke out. One fight was because somebody cut the line, and <laughs> somebody, some guy, wanted to recruit before another guy, and they got into a fight. Incredible. Another one got juiced up. To, to, to you know get his get his uh, his bravery up, and he just was drunk.
0: Was, yeah, so that was, was it. And you know, imagine we we, we we are not buying into this war yet. No, but we you were, were not right in it right yet. on the heels of the depression. And you can, you know, people will say that FDR fixed or solved the depression with his New Deal and all that, but it was really a bunch of nonsense. I mean, I mean, things were not good, and I think it gave us an identity. It gave us a, mm-hmm. a, a an American and identity again and a cause to come together and bond and, and do things. And, you know, I think at, at, at that level, like the grassroots level, kids standing in line to go fight and who knows if they even totally appreciate what they were getting into. Like you go read the stories of some of these battles yeah. and, you know, it was, it was brutal. It was a slaughterhouse yeah. at times and, yeah. you know, it really, really rough. But uh, we did it. We persevered. And the greatest generation resulted. And, and not that they weren't without the problems. Um, oh, for, for sure. Cer- certainly they were.
1: Well, we certainly are going romanti- to romanticize it. We yes. always do. I mean, right. and they romanticize. That's what history does. That's what, exactly. That's what exactly. What we, can, we kind of like, okay, yeah, we went through the bad stuff, but here's the good stuff because you got something out of it. And this is why we romanticize it because it, we did
0: survive it. Well, look, and the other side of adversity is where you grow, you know, it's, it's like any, so when you're depriving your kids of this adversity, when you're depriving your kids of any opportunity to fail, when you're depriving your kids of, of, of these sort of life lessons, then they don't learn the bigger life lessons incrementally. They, they get thrown into this mess and they become these snowflakes that everybody complains about. Not, not that they're all snowflakes. I mean, I I think that's a gross generalization, but, uh, It does exist. The phenomenon exists. You know, people are offended by what other people say. People, and this is back to maybe a good transition in what we're doing here. Mm -hmm. So I I, I like to think, you know, when we all sat down and created this studio, Brett, we, you, Jared and I uh, sat around the round table and sort of started talking and a light bulb came on for me. It's like, holy crap, nobody does this anymore. Everybody actually sits around and talks at a table, and we didn't even have the mics on. Or sometimes we would just turn the mics on and not record because it sounded cool to have the headphones in your <laughs> in your ear. And, and maybe this is a good time. By the way, go check out channel 511com dot uh, com if you want your own podcast. We you know we now got hourly services where you can come in, record your own podcast, take it and run. So uh, you'll have a professional recording. Um, what, what's the what's the right word? A um, Dan, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got Dan. You, know, you, yeah, have, right. you know, have a, right. a, a somebody, yeah. a professional studio guy right. sitting here right. uh, doing your recording, taking all the hard stuff out of it for you. Yeah. So, and it'll sound as good as it is as, as you think, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you too can put the headphones on. But back to it, you know, we put those headphones on and just started talking, and something magical happened. We could we could debate, we could um, uh, discuss, we could disagree, we could agree, and something about having the headphones on and sitting around people, uh, it made it. It, it it made it, it i guess harder to be mean
1: to yeah. people yeah because you took away the screen you took away that you were in front of somebody yeah and you have to okay if you say something you need to back it up and it's being recorded and it's being recorded yeah. and you don't have the safety of i'm just going to post it and I'm going to leave
0: right so and, you can do that post here. It and leave under some handle or yep. fake name and then let them respond, and then you're sitting in your couch later, four hours later at night, or in the dark in your bed, looking at your phone, all pissed off, and you get that little pang in your gut that that you know the, that's sob said this back, and now you feel stupid for what you said, blah blah blah. But the the the, the tonic for that is discussion, open mm-hmm. discussion, common sense discussion. I don't think either of us knew at that time no. we were really sowing the seeds for common sense Ohio.
1: Right, we were, yeah, exactly. Because I and I've mentioned this to you guys off mic, but I've I've learned a lot about myself doing these shows. Yes. I just have. It's that uh, how to present myself, listening to other ideas and kind of going, yeah, wow, that's interesting. That makes sense. And it gets me digging into, okay, Norm brings something up or Steve brings something up. I got to do a little bit more digging into that. Is that, where are they getting the facts for that? Yeah. Because I want to understand where they're coming from for that. It's like, oh, there it is. Or, "Mm, hmm, that's a little bit off. They're saying this and they're saying this. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. That's where Norm got, or you got your information that's where you got it. That's where I get mine. But there are other points of view. Yep, and, and bringing it all together and kind of looking at the whole picture.
0: And you know, as we as we progress, we created your show, like in your business sort of uh, flourish down here mm-hmm. uh, oh, with yeah. podcasters coming in, feeling the same phenomena here at, at the studio Channel 511. and Channel Five Eleven. And you know, even watching and helping record some of those really inspired me to do more and more and more and more of it. Um, what's, and then, what's
1: fun is bringing new clients in. And Glenn Harper is a great example. Give another plug for him for his Empowering Entrepreneurs podcast is to see he and his co-host Julie grow. Yep. How their first couple of episodes, Julie didn't even want to be on that podcast initially. And now I don't think either one of them can't wait to get down here. It's so much to record. It's, It's just so
0: much fun to watch my clients grow like that. And and really, it forces an intellectual, that's not the right word, it forces, you know what it is? My dad used to always say this, the brain is a muscle, you have to flex it and use mm-hmm. it and work it out just like any other muscle in your body. And the, the podcasting, meaningful podcasting, right, does just that. It forces you to think, it forces you to respond, it forces you to feel things, process that, and then respond to it. So, you know, you can't just get triggered and storm out, although that's happened here, me included. Mm-hmm. Um, And and and, but we're human. We're human, and we resolved
1: those issues as every show that has co-hosts should, and can,
0: and will. Yep. And you know, it just is. It's a it's an opportunity to to get yourself out of a rut, out of the dark, out of uh, like you said, out of behind the screen, Mm -hmm. and and really interact with people. And I think in in a lot of ways for me, this has replaced. I thought I ever did the 3 martini lunches, but that's what this is. I mean, yeah. you know, you come down at noon with your coat with whoever else you're you're working with on your show and you get to have a discussion and you know, it's like what used to happen at the dinner table uh, or at the lunch table during business hours or at the golf course during business hours. And you know, you get to do that and I, I think it's in it it's, a, it's it's been essential as far as uh my intellectual growth, psychological growth and Really, my my interest in the world.
1: Yeah, it's gotten me. Norm has definitely pulled me into watching the news more now. Health, healthfully.
0: Yeah, healthfully, healthfully. Just you know,
1: basically Google alerts about certain things. I'll dig 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 into going. I just want to be prepared when Norm brings up these out of the blue
0: stories. Like, where the hell did you find that? Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about (laughs) Norm since he's not here to defend himself. It's a perfect opportunity. (laughs) So everybody here, like I've had some drag down drag outs with Norm on the on the air on the microphones. Uh, and off the air. And, oh sure. And, oh know, my God. They're probably we, even worse than yeah. they, uh, on mic. Yeah. We, we've gone at it. And uh, yeah. but Norm showed up because Jared brought him down to be a guest on Lawyer Talk one time. And and Norm, so we share a lot of uh, I guess conservative idealism in what, the, what in the true sense of it. You know, not a, a non political conservatism where you know we certainly we believe in a way uh, he believes in the country like I do in a lot of ways. He's he goes in a different direction sometimes than I do in a lot of ways. But I was fascinated by Norm initially because he's like an encyclopedia. He is. Like I spew out these World War II tidbits and he just takes off and says stuff that <laughs> I, that some of it I know, but frankly a lot of it I didn't.
1: Whether you know, and it's I know what he's saying is the truth, but it's almost that I, I'm not even be able to dispute that. You just said it so eloquently and and forcefully. He's and like, how do you know it? I don't know how you know it exactly. Right, right. He's just, his and he's brave. a race car driver. Yeah. He yeah. is
0: a uh, he's a former <laughs> lobbyist. He's got a law degree, although he doesn't call himself a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's a podcaster. He runs a business selling parts for obscure cars. You know, it's like yeah. it it uh really an incredible guy and mm-hmm. has is has, has connections to bring in guests and do other things. So, you know, that early on, a couple of years ago, Norm was a guest on Lawyer Talk, and now here he is at the table with us. You know, it's sort of evolved. Uh, after everything, after the COVID breakup, uh, we landed in you know, I don't remember. About a year ago today we just yeah. decided. Yep. Let's create common senseohio show.com. I remember thinking, all right, I envisioned the scroll in my head of what the logo will look like.
1: Well, we were confusing the listeners too, because it really wasn't a lawyer talk podcast anymore. No, it was it had changed. Yeah. And it, because you know, two of the three people here are lawyers around the table. I'm not. So it's you can't literally call it lawyer talk. I mean, I, I can be I can be Joe Sixpack with it, but we are going much more than the law as well. And yeah. and that was freeing as we get back to that term, uh, that we could go beyond the law Yep. and each podcast needs to stay in its own lane. And we found a different lane for, for what we were going to do.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's caught on and I, I joke about all the millions of listeners, but it is catching on. You know, I, I I a couple people out in Dayton, a couple people have reached out from Florida, uh, and, and not people that I know. That's, what's mm-hmm. interesting about it. So it's, uh, I think any good business model, and maybe this is another lesson in, um, for the, for the screen addicts, mm. like you can't have it now. Like you, it doesn't just take off right away and anything I've ever done that's been successful has always sort of emerged. I don't want to say unintentionally, but, um, slowly, um, yeah, you know, my law practice day one, it was like I had a speeding case and day two, maybe I had two or three, but I, I, I knew intuit, intuitively back then not to just go out and buy clients, by fancy marketing or anything else, because I, I, I wasn't ready. Uh-huh. You had to take, you know, you can, you can incrementally put more on your shoulders because you get stronger as you do that. And that's what's happening here. It's like we, we weren't ready initially just to create a blitz marketing campaign with websites and, and SEO and video and everything else. We needed to find our, our step with the microphones. Right.
1: And, and even our own roles. I, I think, uh, you know, yeah. advice to anybody that has other people around on their podcast, each person has to have a role. Yeah, and and stay in that lane, yeah. and understand your weaknesses and your strengths. And Norm brings to the table exactly what you hear on this podcast. Exactly, he's the rudder. He's he's bringing the stories. You and I can as well, but we're riding off what he's what he brings is because, what we're going to talk. And about it's
0: because he's day. good at
1: it. He's good at it. Oh my gosh, he's good yeah. at it. Yeah,
0: and you and I have found a way to respond to those stories and comment on them. Sometimes I've heard the story. Sometimes I haven't.
1: Right. Exactly. Me too. Me too. Yeah, exactly. I I feel more informed when I know the story a little bit ahead of time that I can at least add something intelligently. But, you know, my role is basically being middle of the road. I lean a little bit more to the concern In your definition, conservative. Yes. Conserving our rights. Conserving our rights. Conserving what made this country phenomenal at the outset. And looking at it that way. But I also, I'll play devil's advocate in, in a heartbeat. Because yep. I love bringing that out because that we, we, I've seen you change your mind. I've changed my mind at the oh, table. At least think about, no, wait a minute. Norm's mm. too stubborn to do that, but he <laughs> won't change Again, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> no, that's true. I don't think I ever have seen him really change his mind on Mike. Maybe later on. Maybe, maybe, but no. But that's okay um, he, he because he is fact-driven.
0: He is. Where, yeah.
1: where he is, He's 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 got the facts of what he wants to talk about. And he, and he's researched it enough to know.
0: And watching, you know, Norm's a perfect example of this. Like, and you probably have better, you have more experience with this than, than I watching people on the microphone sort of evolve, um, as they do more shows in their podcast. I remember the first time I was up in my office before we built this studio and I had to leave the room and sort of regroup. It's like, it wasn't going well on my very first show of lawyer talk. And I was like, and I had been on the microphone at the blitz then for a good number of years, a decade, And still to to take over and run a show and do it myself uh, and not be self conscious and not and, and you know not, it, it somehow get through uh, you know my reticence to to run everything I don't even know what I don't even know how to say it I, I guess it was all different and then as I emerged through it I became better and better and better at it and I've watched Norm do that so you said mm-hmm. Norm has these facts and he wants to get them all out he would show up with like fifty stories <laughs> and. You know, and it, it, he would, if, if left to his own devices early on, he would just buzz through his stories. But, you know, other people do that. that that's yes. what uh, we have changed and emerged into a show that takes a few good stories, sometimes more, sometimes less, and comments on them.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which I, which I like because I think we need to dive deep into it. And that's what I think engages the listener, too, of, of just listening to us talk, not debate, but talk. And talk. Sometimes, sometimes turns into a, bait, a debate. Yeah. Sometimes. And that's okay because we've hit a nerve. But that's yep. that's being again being human. We're going to hit a nerve every once in a while. It, it just doesn't make sense, or it's like, wait, a minute, where are you coming from with this? I've seen something different, he heard something different. Let's let's flush it out.
0: Yeah, yep. and and as I like to say, think it through out loud. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I sometimes I'm actually t- thinking through something Norm has given me as I'm speaking, and I you know I, I I find that one I think it 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 tells you something about podcasting in general, and it tells you I think something even deeper about the human brain and our psychology and how we, how we uh, express ourselves, how we come to our own identities is like, if you don't talk it through, like, I think we, we, we think by verbalizing and if you don't verbalize something either in writing or in talking or even in sharing it with others, like peer review, which is what a podcast is ours is anyway. Um, I I think you tend to, you deprive yourself of logic in a way, because if, like, if you have to write something out. You force yourself not to skip critical syllogistic steps. So if this is true, then this has to be true, then this has to be true, then this has to be true. If you don't, if you're not forced in your own head to put it out in order, then you're going to skip steps and you run the risk of being wrong.
1: Yeah, that's a good point because I hadn't thought about that with por- prolific writers. They just don't have an audience to talk to. They have to get it out of their head through their hand.
0: Through their hand, Yeah. They're writers, and if yeah. you ever tried to write a story, it's like all of a sudden you you start thinking, all right, here's my character, my character is going to go get into this kind of trouble with this kind of person, whatever. But then you realize, well, in order to do that, the reader has to understand something else, and then in order to do understand that, they have to understand where the kid came from or whatever it is. You know, you have to start learning how to set a backdrop and put a story together mm-hmm. logically, as opposed to in your head yeah because I, I think about this all the time i'm gonna I'm gonna write a book and it's a lawyer who got in trouble doing this and that and that and that and, that. and then when I really start thinking about writing it, it's almost overwhelming because <laughs> you've got you've got to create uh, the logic of the story and you in your head when you're thinking about it quickly you don't do that
1: right but yeah if you and, write it down, you do and I'm always amazed at how writers authors don't write themselves into a corner they want yeah. the story to go this way it's like oh man. I have him doing this over here, though. Yeah, now what? He can't be here or doing, you know, that sort of thing. And, and maybe they love those problems. I don't I don't know. But I'm, I'm always amazed how, you know, especially the really, really good writers, how they just like, wow, how does that flow into their head? Yeah, incredible. It, it is. Yeah. It just is. And and I think, you know, some episodes we have do that. It just connect. There's a thread that rolls through every episode. Sometimes we hit a home run. Sometimes we don't. It yep. depends on the news day. And, I, and, that, and, and that's okay.
0: And you know, back to where we started, we're gonna to go to a common thread. This happened to us last episode. We took a concept that we discussed in our World War II moment. Mm-hmm. And we were able to find parallels and intersections with that all the way through the modern news. And you know, this is why, I was a history major and I love history. And this is why I went to, I, I liked law school too, not because I like to go to court and practice law. In fact, that's the least <laughs> enjoyable part. But it's the understanding of how the world fits together and how it intersects with society, and the law reflects people, and people reflect the law, and and um, you end up with you know parallels and and movies running that are that are very similar that cross and 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 in, impact each other. And I think our shows do that. That that's sort mm-hmm. of what we like to bring to the show as a uh, as a unique part of what we do.
1: Yeah, and 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 try to stay consistent so the listener knows what what to expect when they give us. That 45 minutes to an hour of their day
0: and we appreciate that you know that's a great point and we we should thank the listeners at this point because it, it is look I listen to several podcasts and people try to refer me to more and I try but it's a commitment it's a commitment and we like to think we're entertaining and if we're not don't listen um, or maybe give us a try a little bit more uh, but it's a we appreciate that anybody takes the commitment to listen to us Babylon yeah. Especially
1: yeah. especially after some episodes that we know ah, wasn't that, the, that wasn't the greatest, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Right. We got through it. But we but... got through it. But, you know, and luckily more times than not, it's not. We, we'll, 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 we'll cut the mics off and go, that was good. That was good. Felt maybe, good. Felt good. Maybe just for us. But, you know, if nothing else, it's therapy. You're listening to a therapy session for three guys.
0: Yes. That's what this is. This <laughs> is therapy. I learn something every single day. I learned I something too. today when we sat down at the mm-hmm. table and you told me about books in World War II. I learned something when I checked yeah. my World War II fact and I've learned something more just talking to you. So it's like, yeah. uh, uh, and you know, the, the, the great news is that we're not the only ones that can enjoy this, right? Anybody know, can come. And if you got an idea about a podcast um, and you're in this area, give us a shout. Look us up, channel511.com. I promise you, you will enjoy it. When, when we sit you down at the round table and you experience for the first time the, the mixed audio of your own voice in the headphones, as you talk into these high-end microphones in a setting where it's optimized for sound, you will be blown away. Yeah.
1: It's funny you you bring up the round table because it likened, I I remember growing up listening to a radio station out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, W-O-W-O, whoa, whoa. And they were masters of uh, the theater of the mind because it was just a simple old station, but they were second floor of this building. They had a fire escape next to the studio and they would always say, well, the temperature outside the world famous uh, fire, you know, whoa whoa fire escape? They would say that over and over and over and over and over and again. And all of a sudden this fire escape became a part of the lexicon. Yeah. And I think the round tables become the same way. I I, I think listeners don't realize we literally have a round table. We here. have a round table. It's not just a metaphor.
0: It's an actual round table.
1: Yeah. And, and and we say all this magic around the round table and such. It is. You sit and I have guests in here. They put the headphones on for the first time. They talk into these microphones and they kind of go, Oh, I sound good today, don't I? Yeah. yeah. They, they they start and, and they get into it because that's the first time they've ever heard their voice. Yeah. That is. And 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 they get over it very quickly and they're loving how they sound.
0: And it, it, it's amazing what a little bit of processing can do, what a little bit of uh sound quality or the the environment can do. And then it's amazing what you can do yourselves with with your own voice. People learn how to project a little bit. You learn how to inflect where you need to. You learn how to talk in public. And, you know, it's an incredible uh, exercise in public speaking, really, just to sit around and talk to people Um, because that is speech. That is speech. And there's a history behind this round table. You know, this, this table belonged. It was custom built for a gentleman named Bill Meeks. He was a criminal defense lawyer here in Columbus, Ohio, well-known, argued in the U.S. Supreme Court in a case called Burkhimer versus McCarty, handled tons and tons and tons of criminal cases, was a legend in a very good way, um, was a statesman, was always known as the most uh, honest and uh, professional ethical lawyer. Uh, and I was lucky enough to have him as my mentor. And he passed away, I think, in 2015. I bought the building and in the building was all the furniture and among the furniture was this round table. And I was like, you know what? I looked at Jared and I think you were here. And I was like, I'm bringing a round table right down here. Cause we tried a different table, a one that I built and it was oval or a racetrack. And uh, we didn't like it, but we mm-hmm. sat, we put the round table down here and I was, I, I didn't want to use it for this. It was like, it was my mentor's table. I wanted it to be for my law practice, but um, it couldn't have be better placed than where it is right now.
1: And that's a nice memory of him for this table too. The the, the description you have of him, that's, that's a nice memorial of him.
0: Yep. And this was his, he had a private, he had a little conference room off his office and this is where that sat. And this is where he met with people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got used to sitting at the round table because I would go interview clients with him when I was a law clerk, a law student. And I got used to the idea of this round table and even upstairs in my conference room at the office. Now it's, it's racetrack shape, but I always put the client or whoever I'm talking to at the end and I sit next to them. So we still have that rounded edge. Mm -hmm. And I find when people are across from me, it's, it's far less inviting. Even at, even in an informal meeting, I really like having people, uh, at a round table. I I find it.
1: There's no king or queen position. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you're setting your client at the king position, I do that on purpose. You're doing it on purpose though. Yeah. There is a design why you do that.
0: And I, it, it, I couldn't even, it's not that I intended to do it that way the first time, but sort of instinctively, it's like, they're the most important person here. Mm-hmm. And I mean that. I mean, look, the person that I'm trying to help is the most important person in the room, not me. So they get the head of the table. It's they're, they're here uh, and and they want my help. And they're the most important person because they're here. And, you know, that. so I always have done that. And sometimes it makes people, it's off-putting. I, if people I have to force them to that. I can imagine.
1: Sure, exactly. They're never, they never sat in a position like that, probably. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's where I think the equalizer is with, a, with our round table.
0: There is no mo- mo- more important place on that table. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a time that we used to have a cart with the recording equipment that we'd wheel over because there wasn't. Now I'm sitting over here. We're talking about the mm-hmm. round table. I sit sometimes over here at the command center, and it feels awkward. But uh, there was a time I would, we would all sit at the round table, and I would just wheel a cart over and hit go. And we've now obviously, uh, increased the technology and updated so we can do it from the table. Um, so yeah, come experience the round table and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's all part of what has now become common sense Ohio.
1: Exactly. And, and, you know, I think this is a good time also to say, if you want to be a guest on common sense Ohio.
0: Yeah. You know, it, I love talking to people and you guys, I, I, yeah. I'm shamefully missed the, the veterans guests, but a phenomenal show. And you know what? Nobody is more important than anybody else. If you if you run a business and you've got some insight into anything we've talked about or want to offer insight into anything that you think we should talk about.
1: You have your own podcast and you want to kind of cross promote and talk. If we talk about similar things and you want to get in front of our audience, we'd love to get in front of yours. Yeah. I mean, whatever the case might be, there's yeah. a microphone open for you.
0: And that's simple. You can go to two different places. You can go to multiple places, but you can start at common show.com We get people that reach out to us uh, that way. Uh, there's an interface and a contact us tab uh, you can check me out at palmerlegaldefense.com uh that's my law practice brett at circle270media.com yeah or
1: go to MyPodcastGuy.com.
0: MyPodcastGuy.com. and and you know i, I just a plug just a just a throw one your way brett it's like if it, having your input on my early podcasts was critical and you know with your radio background with Uh, Your marketing background, with just being in the industry, it made all the difference to have a professional sort of say in a non, a critical but non-offensive way. You know, maybe you got to try this. Maybe we'll do this, or Mm -hmm. you know. And then it's it's helped it's helped me learn. So when we you know we sit down with people who are starting their podcasts, like listen, here's here's what works, and we know it works. It doesn't mean we're going to change what you're talking about, but here's sort of a format that works. And and it's it's understanding.
1: Not the rules, but the best practices yep. of doing this because this is still the
0: wild, wild west. You can do anything you want. You can. And I think this is another sort of philosophical notion I've kicked around in the last few years. It's like when you have infinite possibilities, it's really akin to no possibilities because there, there is no Discriminatory choice at that point. Everything is everything is there. So this is like this is what spoils people. If you could buy anything you want, what do you buy? Mm-hmm. It all has the same value. If you have infinite money to buy what you want, everything is the same value. So nothing has any value at that point. Um, you know, we is, we we attribute value to things by comparing them to other things, and if everything's the same, there is no value. And this is like my anti collectivism rant at the same time. Uh, so what I've what I've learned in my podcasting is that. A lot of people, me included, thought, well, I could I could do sh- I could do this forever. I could come down and talk about it. I, I got so much to talk about, and talk about it. Because you, you have no limits on what you can talk about. But when you sit down in front of a mic, you freeze. Because you realize you can talk about everything, but you don't know what you're going to talk about. Because you can talk about everything. And what are you going to choose? Because you know what you, you know, it's like you, you have to have rails on it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you came in with guidance and say, look, we need a structure here doesn't have to be rigid, doesn't have to be completely, uh, unflappable, but you got to have a structure. You got to be able to, to stay within some boundaries here. So you're giving the listener something sort of like the novel we talked about. If you just rant it on sort of in, you know, think of the different author styles. You had like the Dickensian styles where they told, he told a story. And then later on you had sort of these postmodernists who would just sort of flower around and they're very difficult to read. And maybe, um, you know, then you got like maybe in the middle of that, you had Hemingway. It's like a little punctuation and it was very difficult to follow. Right. Um, you know, what do you want to be with your podcast? You're going to be all over the place. You're going to be a Dickensite um, or Shakespeare where everything makes sense and it wraps up at the end. Are you going to open a sort of like what we do open? Like we, we have boundaries, but we tend to, to float around, but it's all within some context of a structure. <laughs>
1: Correct. And and, and and that's for you and for the listeners as well, too. Yeah. We, we expect certain things. Listeners expect certain things to happen during an episode, just like you do when you watched Friends, let's say. Right. You knew what was going to happen in Friends every week. Yeah, You just knew it was yeah. going to be, be a beginning. There's going to be some laughter. Joey's going to get in trouble. <laughs> you know? And then it wraps up. And it wraps up. Everybody's happy and it moves on to the next
0: episode. And then Seinfeld comes along and breaks the mold. It
1: breaks the mold exactly. Right? right where it's like right after, and I
0: think they were one after the other. I forget which one. I think Friends yeah. was first, then Seinfeld. Yeah. And it was like a show about nothing, but you know, but you still had it. Had still had some boundaries. They had the same apartment. There was the same cast of characters. There was the same, um, you know, they had personalities that were consistent. You
1: expected what you did expect from all the characters. Yeah. That that was the that was the
0: boundaries.
1: But it it you it, expect a certain thing from Steve. You expect a certain thing from Norm. You expect something from Brett.
0: Yep, and and but it's different all the time. It's different all the time, though, and that's the trick. So uh, I guess to, I think we've said our piece about podcasting generally, and now I think we're all sort of happy that it has emerged into common sense, Ohio. Um, I there's there's lots to come in the future. We have guests lined up. We have um, uh, great topics lined up. Norm is always chomping at the brit to being more, chomping at the bit to bring more, 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 more. And now we, now I'm just going to make a shameless request for your support, for the listener support. Not, not giving us money. I mean, look, if you want to, we'll take it. Look, we, we do this for free. Um, and and we've got Harper Plus sponsoring us and others. But your support in in liking it, sharing it, give me feedback, give us feedback about what you like and what you don't. Go to CommonSenseOhioShow.com. If you don't, if you think I'm a, a moron or I got some history wrong or I'm just reading, guess what? You're probably right. Right, you're probably right, and I could use the criticism, um, and and share it with your friends and share it with your neighbors. We got tough skin. Yeah, we got tough skin. I don't care. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So we'll wrap up this little sort of uh, third view episode uh, as as we always do. You know, we'll we'll, we thank you for listening, like, share, promote, do whatever you can. If you got a question, check us out at CommonSenseOhioShow.com. You're on your own podcast. Uh, channel511.com, even if it's just to come down and let us hit record for you and let you leave with a jump drive full of uh, your own content, we can do that too. Uh, and then, uh, you know, looking forward, lots more to come with Norm at the table, with guests at the table. And as always, we thank our sponsor Harper plus accounting. Uh, and if you believe me, he is there, he is there to help you. So, so, Uh, Next time we'll be back to the full roundtable, we'll be back to the full Common Sense Ohio experience. And we'll be coming at you again, as always, right from the middle, at least until now.